0: Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast, brought to you by Vanguard Tactics. It's our mission to help you play, progress, and perform at this incredible game of Warhammer 40K, keeping sportsmanship and fair play at its absolute core. I'm your host, Dave Colmel, a spy on the run trying to survive and complete an impossible mission. Fortunately, I have with me today an intelligent and skilled spy herself. She's an icon of Instagram and our hobby. She's the Ilsa Faust to my Ethan Hunt, Ms. Carrie Liddell. Carrie, welcome to the show. How's it going?
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: It's really great to talk to you. I've followed you on Instagram for a long time, so it's great to finally get to talk to you in person.
1: Yeah, thank you for inviting me come on. I am absolutely humbled by what you've just said, so thank you. Uh,
0: you're very welcome. All right, so everyone, I have mentioned it in the past a little bit on some prior episodes, uh, but we're starting to have more women show up at tournaments and competing in the ITC hobby track and even just walking into game stores to ask questions or play a pickup game. So rather than let our community fall back on stereotypes like many other communities have been of late. I wanted to challenge this head on. Uh, You all know that my wife plays competitively, but she's one among thousands of women involved in our hobby. And I think it's important to welcome everyone. So it makes the hobby better for in all aspects for all of us. I'm going to be doing a series of these interviews. And I'm really excited to have Carrie here as the first guest for this. So uh, again, welcome to welcome to the Vanguard Tactics podcast.
1: I am excited. I'm excited to talk hobby with you. I've been excited for a little while and I'm so happy that you've brought me on to talk about hobby, 40k and women in wargaming. I think it's a really important topic to talk about.
0: Awesome. Well, before we get into it, uh, let's just take a real quick uh, break for our first sponsor of the day, The Outpost.
2: The competitive 40k podcast is proudly supported by The Outpost, your friendly local gaming store with the most helpful and friendliest of staff. After visiting the Outpost, I was taken aback by the whole host of products available in-store and online. With awesome discounts, gaming tables, and a huge range of terrain for different game systems, the Outpost is certainly a great place to hang out and hobby. Check out www.the-outpost.co.uk or go and visit them in-store.
0: All right, we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Uh, Leave us a five-star review if you would be so kind. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Instagram at, at InfantryLawyer40K. Steve's on there at, at The Vanguard Tactics. Uh, and uh, Carrie, you want to um, promote yourself and all your content?
1: Yes, please. Uh, so I'm Carrie and I am at Klegs on Instagram and Klegs on YouTube and Klegs on Facebook.
0: Nice and simple. Uh, yeah. And for those who who look it up, it's K.legs with two S's. So um, that's the easy way to find her. All right. And with that, uh, let's just get into it. So what... Um, How long have you been in the hobby and what got you started in it? So I've probably been in the hobby,
1: I would say about five years now. Um, I first got into the hobby probably a lot of the same way as many people do. Like you will see somebody that you know, maybe playing a game or painting. I was one of the people who saw somebody painting and I'm quite an inquisitive person. I'm quite creative Um, and I just thought, "Hmm, what's this? I'm going to have a little look had a look and I I was like "Mm, I would quite quite like to have a paint have a model I had no I mean no idea what this model was at the time I had no idea what the concept of a space marine even was at the time I was clueless to it and the next thing I decided to do was actually go into a warhammer shop went into my local warhammer shop and that's where like everything spiraled (laughs) I was like (laughs) introduced to the wormhole that was the Warhammer 40K universe. I saw somebody playing a game of Warhammer 40K in the store and this guy like oh he was having the best time and I was like I want to do this. Like I want to be having as much fun as this guy is having in the shop right now. What are you doing? And it just kind of spiraled from there.
0: The needle went in and the uh, the the addiction began.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely.
0: So, when you first started, did you were you more into playing or more into the hobby side?
1: Um, when I first started, I was more into, I guess, painting because that's the only part of the hobby that I knew until I started going into the shop. Then from there, I'm quite. Goal driven. I speak about goals all the time, so I find it helps occupy my mind. I'm quite into quite a lot of mindfulness. I think it's good for mental health. Um, So setting a goal gives me something to achieve. So I was like, my my next goal is going to be I'm going to learn how to play Warhammer 40k, and then from there it just became like this thing of constantly setting goals to the next step. So it would be I learn how to play Warhammer 40k. Then the next was, okay, well, now I know how to play. I'm going to play my friends. And then it was like, hmm, there's a thing called tournaments. I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll enter into a tournament. <laughs> and that—that that is literally how it went. It just became the next thing to conquer, I guess.
0: Makes sense. So do you just play 40K or have you bridged into Sigmar and Kill Team or any of the other games?
1: Um, I've play. I played a few other games. I've played some skirmish games, played AOS slightly. Um, I've played um, Warcry, Underworlds a couple of times, but mainly Warhammer 40k. It just it keeps pulling me back. It just seems to be the one thing that I keep going back to.
0: Yeah, I, I totally get that. So um, what factions do you have models for?
1: Uh, I started with Demons. Uh, and I ran demons for quite a long time. And then recently when Leviathan came out, I decided to switch to nids um, with the new codexes and the new rules that came out. But I'm very into monsters, like monster Mash, heavy monster Mash, Anything that's big and meaty and you can put on a table and it looks fun, I'm, I'm totally into that.
0: Yeah, I saw um, one of the most recent tyranny models you had on your Instagram was a uh, Maliceptor. And it's painted (laughs) amazingly, by the way.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I like bright colors. Anything that I can put like acid bright colors on or pastel colors on, that's my vibe. Uh, And I think Monsters just are really fun to paint in that color scheme. They kind of lend itself well to that.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. All right. uh, Well, before we get any further on, I just have, uh, we got to take a second sponsor break. Uh, So we're going to take a break real quick to hear from Colorforge.
2: The Competitive 4K Podcast is supported by Colour Forge. I found Colour Forge 18 months ago and I was blown away by the quality of the product. I've always had an incredible finish, not too thick, not too chalky, and have always had the perfect coverage in all kinds of weather conditions. The cans are around 25% larger and cheaper than most other brands on the market. All of the colors are matched to Citadel base colors so it makes that transition from rattle can to paints absolutely seamless. Check out ww.vcolorforge.com to pick up your sprays today, along with a whole host of other awesome hobby products.
0: All right, we are back, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to check out the competitive Warhammer forty k community Facebook page. The password for this month is Shadow Sun. Uh, don't forget, you got to put in the password, or I am not going to let you in. Uh, no password, no entrance. No, no, no ticket, no wash. So, all right. With that, um, of course, spelling—you are not going to get spell checked. So. Get funny, guys. Entertain me. Entertain me! All right. Uh, so with that, um, so Carrie, you, do you mostly play competitively or casually? Um, Competitively.
1: Yeah, mainly competitively now. There's okay. a few factors to that. There's a few reason why to that. So when I first started, it was very casual. And there was a lot of gaming stores around where... Uh, Lived at the time uh, with a lot of local independent businesses who had a lot of places to, to game and and you could play in GW stores as well. Then I moved on to uh, tournaments um, and kind of playing competitively. But I found that over the time, a lot of these independent businesses have either shut down or you can't play in games workshop stores sometimes now. So it's quite hard to find places to play Warhammer 40k unless you have your own table. So I find playing at a tournament is a good option to go to a tournament because then I'm guaranteed to play some games. However, with that, I then play competitively. So it's kind of like I've merged into it. You know, it was just a natural progression over a competitive play.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I was not much of a competitive player until I moved across the country right before COVID. And then uh, now I I moved from California to Georgia, literally coast to coast across the U.S. And then all of a sudden I didn't have anybody to play with. And there was not a lot of, you know, I, I didn't know anybody to even have a pickup game with. But So it just sort of made sense to just start going to tournaments, so
1: and they're great they're great for that and then you get to play new players as well you find when I started playing casually I was playing the same people from the same areas therefore I was playing the same armies all the time it became a bit stagnant after a while because you kind of got to know what your army was doing and your opponent's army was doing all of the time so then the games became less um less exciting I still enjoyed it but it was nice to play new armies in different places
0: yeah, no, absolutely. It gives you a variety of opponents because if you're just playing the same two people all the time, you don't have you're not forced to change your list, they're not forced to change their list and it just becomes who rolled better dice that weekend. Absolutely. Um do you also have you ever like competed um artistically? Like put in any models or or, or um in for hobby track stuff?
1: I if you count putting um, your army down for best painted at a tournament, then absolutely. Um, I was really fortunate. I won uh, best painted army at the Newcastle GT, which was quite a large event, which is run by a, a gentleman called Zach who runs um, London Grand Tournament, does quite a lot around the UK. Um, and yeah, that was probably one of my favourite tournaments actually, because <laughs> uh, not just because I won best painted, but because you know, it was on home turf. You know, it was it was nice to be there and, and have fun and win Best Painted at, at my local big GT. That was pretty cool.
0: Very cool. And uh, I saw you did, you posted some photos from LGT, but did it seem like you were playing in the RTTs, but you didn't play in the Grand Tournament or did you?
1: No, so um, at the office right way around actually. So I was there, I played in the Grand Tournament. Um, I didn't play in the RT, but I, I still went along and watched the RT on the Friday night. Oh, uh, Okay. It was fun. It was nice to see. I don't know how people played that many games in a sh- short period of time. I think I get to my five game point, and that's me. <laughs> but like these, these, you've got to be committed to play eight games of forty k in a weekend. I think.
0: Yes, and you have to have your cardio up. You have to be really well hydrated. You. <laughs> it absolutely. is an endurance feat. Five games is a little bit of an endurance feat. Eight games is a lot of an endurance feat.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: So, what's your favorite part of? like what drives you to keep coming back to the table to to play is it the the thirst to to you know murder as many models as possible like my wife or is it you know just the the social aspect what what is your thing that keeps bringing you back to tournaments
1: so ori- originally um you know when i mentioned before about setting goals like the next thing was to attend a tournament after that it became win a game at a tournament and then after that I was meant to maybe try and play and win two games at a tournament and that kind of kept like pulling me back however like once I'd got to that point where I was like you know this isn't just about setting goals and winning games it's more there's more to this that brings me back again and again and it became the social aspect of it the people that you meet the the friendliness like I think competitive gameplay has such a a stigma around it of being so shark tanky and it's like the most competitive games that you're ever going to play and I think it kind of loses its charm before you've even got there if that's what you're buying into it's but go if when you go to them you start to see familiar faces you start to see your friends that you may have made you start to talk to people about your army about what you've been painting and it's a lot more friendly than I think people first think it is. Uh, and that's what keeps bringing me back is the traveling to different events and seeing people that I've met before. And they come over and they're like, ask you how you are. And it's it's a lot more welcoming and it's a lot more fun than I think I first thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. It's it. Uh, I had always feared that the same thing, that I was going to walk into a tournament everyone was going to be on tryhard mode. and. Yeah. You know, especially after everybody, you know, when you get into sort of like by like game three, most people have lost a game, and so every, the like, the steam's been taken out of their sales. It's sort of like a, all right, I'm not going to win the whole thing, but I've still got two or three more games to play. Maybe I'll mellow out, and you know, yeah. I always like to joke that I that I haunt the middle tables, um, <laughs> you know, but that's that's where everybody is more just there to, yeah, I want to win, but I'm I'm not worried about you know. Going all the way and taking first place, and you know, competing against people like uh, Stephen Box or Dave Gaylard and Vic VJ. Like, yes, those people are out there, and those people are playing. But you know, when you're not stressing about it, you have to take on somebody that's that caliber of player, somebody who plays eight to twelve games a week or whatever, you can just relax and you know, enjoy your time and, and meet people and make friends.
1: Absolutely, parties at the bottom, right?
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah I I remember going back to like the first tournament that I, I'd ever played at actually I'll say the second tournament because the first one was just before like Covid happened and then I feel like there was a large gap where everybody was just either tinkering away on their painting and learning rules and stuff so the first one I went to after Covid happened I remember going and I remember being like the only female there. And I remember my army and I had my tree and I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to be walking into. And I remember being quite nervous and a little anxious because it's the unknown, the fear of the unknown. And I remember by the end of the day that I'd totally gone and I'd had like the best day ever. I'd played three games. So it was just a one day, three games of Warhammer 40k. I had see my models that i've taken the time to paint on the table i've met three new hobbyists that i'd never played against before and had a great time and it was just i was hooked i was absolutely hooked at that point point. and it was it was amazing it was really fun to do. i'm so glad i walked through those doors on that morning
0: yeah that's awesome um have you since you started going to tournaments have you noticed that you're no longer the only woman in the room
1: yeah, the statistics are definitely a lot higher than what they were when I first started. I remember playing at a GT, just to put it into perspective, there must have been about 120 players at this GT, and I was probably one of three women that were there. And statistically, like that's, that's so low. However, I could go to an event now. For example, I went to London. Yeah, it's a lot more players, but the ratio was a lot higher. There was a lot more females there than I was expecting to see. And that's great. That's really nice to see. It's so lovely to have more competitive female women at tournaments as well. Because to to me personally, it doesn't matter whether I'm playing against somebody who identifies as a woman or or a man or anything else, you know, as long as they are respectful and we're both supportive of each other and we're good sportsmen, it doesn't matter. However, it is still nice to see more female representation out of there.
0: Yeah, it is. It's, you know, it, you know, the old joke was you walk into a room for a Warhammer tournament and it's, you know, a hundred guys who, you know, have never known the touch of a woman and never will. And, Hopefully, we're moving past that. And now, you know, it, it does seem to me like obviously I'm not walking around taking, a, taking polls, but it seems like even uh, two and a half years ago when I started going to tournaments, bringing my wife, it was all right. Now she's the only woman in the room. Now, six months later, now there's three. Now there's six. And at LVO, there's, I think there was, it seemed like there was 20 to 30. That's so, great. It, it definitely seems like the it, we've gone from a one to a hundred ratio to something more like a, you know, one to 20 ish ratio, or maybe better than that. And hopefully we can, it'll keep improving beyond that. I don't know what it was like. And it, I mean, you're also in a, in a different environment because 40 K is getting increasingly known and is somewhat popular here in the U S but in the UK, which is the, the land of, you know, it's the, that's the, that's the home of GW, the home of Warhammer It seems, I've heard stories, I haven't been there yet, but I've heard stories that it's much more popular and that there's a lot more warmer stores and it's more prevalent. So hopefully you're on the front lines of seeing more female inclusion.
1: Absolutely. I'm so happy that there are a lot more females getting it. But I I run my Instagram account. It became like a thing to to share my hobby. And over the time, it kind of turned into something else for me. It turned into something that I could use as a platform to share my experiences on you know like and I documented everywhere I went nearly every tournament I've played at I've documented it and I hope somewhere that somebody sees that and goes oh look there's a female playing at a tournament or oh, there's a female playing Warhammer 40k and that's cool because I like Warhammer 40k but I just didn't know how many females were into it so I never really shouted about it or it encourages them to do something that they enjoy doing and know that that's okay to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. So, one of the harder questions I wanted to ask you was: Do you ever have you thus far in your experience in the hobby have you have you encountered anyone, be they male or female, who who have been stereotyping you because whether it's oh nerd geek or what are you doing in here with a in a guy's hobby or have you run into any of that?
1: So I I've always said I've been quite fortunate. Um, that I've got a very good group of friends around me and I've met so many amazing people in the hobby throughout so I feel like I've, I've been very fortunate that I've experienced a lot more positive experiences than I have negative but I can't say that that's the same for everyone because even though that I've had the majority of positive experience and know that there's somebody out there that has had a negative experience and it is very important for us to kind of talk about that and address that I have, I have had a negative comment. You know, this goes way back to before I even started attending tournaments. This is like when I first started my Instagram account and there was a comment made and the comment was, well, you're a female, you're going to get loads of followers because you're a female. It doesn't matter what you put out. Uh, You could put up a terrible paint job or you could be rubbish at the game it doesn't matter because you're a female and you get loads of followers. I just want to reiterate, that is not the case. <laughs> like it, it do, It's not a free pass being a female. Like It doesn't mean that things are going to be easier for you. In fact, it's probably harder because that person there thinks that. So it kind of doesn't validate. It kind of takes away all the work that you do. So even though I painted that model and put that time in, if somebody just thinks that somebody's going to like it or whatever because you're a girl, that takes away all the hard work that you've put into it. Like, same with learning how to play Warhammer 40K. Like, you and I, and and probably many people listen to this, we all know how many hours it takes to learn rules, how many hours it takes to paint an army, how how long it takes to think of an army list to put together. We all put in the same effort. We all play the same game. We all learn the same rules. Just because I'm a female doesn't make it any less of um, a valid thing I think Um, so that was probably the one negative thing that I I would be able to pull from that and it's taken me about five years to pull up the courage to actually talk about that because I've always shied away from talking about stuff like this because people just go oh she's a woman (laughs) you know she's just going to (laughs) complain and I wanted I never tried to be involved in these conversations because of how I've seen people I get a lot of backlash online because they have these conversations, but I think it is important to have them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I know. And my, one of my concerns was that people were going to see that I'm doing this series of interviews with women think, Oh, podcast has gone woke or something like that. And anybody who knows me knows that I, that is the least, the last thing I will ever be accused of. But at the (laughs) same time, I, I'm a libertarian. I believe in freedom for everybody. So I always joke that my my I'm not for for Americans I'm not a Republican or a Democrat I'm I'm right in the middle I believe that gay people should be allowed to get married and own as many guns as they want so that's my personal political view on that and I think that that everybody needs to have as much freedom to live their life and and live their best life as they can make the best of and so I don't ever want to see someone come in and say oh you're going to get a lot of attention you know to your painting because you're a woman because. It's not like you were advertised you, you your Instagram is full of pictures of beautifully painted models along with you in a bikini. That's not happening. So it's just your models. <laughs> so I, I think that anybody has that mentality is, you know, needs to double check a what's on the rest of your Instagram. Cause it's not like it's a lot of pictures of you. It's it, you know, for a while, the first couple of times that you popped up in my feed, it was K dot legs and a really nicely painted model. And I wouldn't have known if you were male or female. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so we obviously need to address some of these presumptions that regardless of your gender, your gender identity, whatever you are, if you, can, if you can put in 30 minutes, an hour, eight hours painting a model and it comes out any bit decently, that's the same effort that we all put into our hobby. And you should appreciate that person and appreciate the product of their efforts, not what's behind. It like, doesn't matter who's holding the paintbrush. Does the model look good or not? yay or nay did they yeah. did they just outflank you and you you know use their malice to just trample through your squad that you misdeployed and they outplayed you doesn't matter what if, if the, the nails on that hand moving those models had a uh, manicure or not male or female you just got outplayed dude or <laughs> lady so um i guess what's the it's fortunately you haven't had too many negative episodes and i obviously i don't want to focus on the negative I want to focus on the positive but um, are there are there stereotypes that you have encountered or that you worry about encountering when you go into tournaments?
1: No. No, that, not, not anymore. I think at first, you know, when I say I went back to um, that first time I went into a tournament and it was the fear of the unknown and I was a bit anxious and I was a bit nervous. For me personally, it was a case of, am I going to be the only girl in here? And if it is, Am I gonna get looked at in a funny way? Am I gonna get singled out? Am I gonna feel like I don't belong in there? It like it was I think it was a lot of, for me, personal stuff. Um, but like I say, after a couple of the games and meeting some people, uh, I was p- presently surprised. And and I'm thankful that I went because if it wasn't for stereotypes, I guess I wouldn't felt that way in the first place, but that is preconceived stereotypes that have probably been there for years and years and years, you know, like, but when I went in, it was okay, and the more I went, the more I got to know people i um I don't feel like that at all i if anything, I feel joy when I walk up the stairs to go into that room. I feel happy that I know those people. And yeah, I think stereotypes are a really negative thing because it's not a true representation of everybody.
0: No, obviously not. I mean, stereotypes, you know, the old joke is all stereotypes are rooted in some kind of reality, but that reality could be someone a, a, the perceptions of a group of other people who didn't know any better. So Absolutely. even even the even the the running joke that, you know, um, you know, everybody that plays Dungeons and Dragons or Magic the Gathering or Warhammer 40K are all going to virgins? Mm, no, lots of us have kids. Well, you know, lots of us have been married and divorced, and lots of us have had lots of experiences. So, uh, the, even that stereotype—that's you know—still the biggest one that I run into when I even mention to people that I play 40k. It's—it's it's usually I get more grief from guys going instead of girls going. You know, and groaning and rolling their eyes like they did <laughs> maybe in high school. So, maybe our stereotypes are evolving. I don't know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I tell you what, a really good positive stereotype is at the minute. I have heard of one. And the positive one is that always go out with a guy who plays Warhammer because they're not going to be going to strippers. They're not going to be cheating on you. They're going to be playing Warhammer 40k on a weekend. And it's just like, and they're probably some of the most trustworthy people I've ever met. So that's a really good positive stereotype that I see now, rather than a negative where everyone's sitting in their basement for. Hours upon hours and don't see sunlight. You know it's it right. not like that. It's actually really nice and positive, and I think we need to shine a light on that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I like some of the uh, the the memes and stuff going around the internet too. Of of uh, you know, date a guy who plays Dungeons and Dragons because all he'll spend money on his dice, or date a guy who plays Warhammer because you know when when he's buying when he's out buying drugs, it's plastic crack.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, uh, all right. So um, I still got a few questions to ask you, but before I forget, let's take one more break for our third
2: sponsor of the day, Siege Studios. And now for a word from our sponsor, Siege Studios. They are the experts in providing professional miniature painting services, ensuring your armies always look their best on the battlefield. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or just starting out, Siege Studios can help bring your miniatures to life. Don't miss out on their quality craftsmanship.
0: All right, we are back with Carrie Liddell. Carrie, uh, what is the one thing about the game that you would share um, with the world or with um, women that you met that you you would hope would help make women curious about the game?
1: One thing, one thing I found really helpful is that I I work a full time job. Outside of work, I find it really hard to relax, and I found that playing Warhammer 40k and painting was really relaxing, great for mindfulness, great for creativity. And then if you actually want to go and play some games, you don't think about anything apart from playing Warhammer 40k and having a great time when you're in that moment. And I think it's a really good thing for people to get involved with because it helps like... Distress, like I don't think about the outside world when I'm playing, and and I come out feeling relaxed, and I come out feel well as relaxed as you can after three games of Warhammer forty k. It's quite
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, like I don't relaxed but mentally fried.
1: Yeah, mentally, I haven't been thinking about work or or anything else. I've just been enjoying my games or painting my models. So I would definitely say, if you're curious, you want a hobby. That is gonna fulfill you. That you're gonna have something tangible at the end of it, and you're gonna meet new people. Then, by all means, get into Warhammer 40k, or Age of Sigma
0: or Kill Team, or Underworld, <laughs> or whatever. Find something.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, MCP, Zombicide, whatever it is. Find a hobby. Yeah. Um, all right. So, um, without airing too much uh, dirty laundry, I, I, you just mentioned to me today that you're pregnant. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, is this yeah. your first child?
1: It is indeed,
0: yeah. Uh, okay, wonderful. And um, have you? Um, what are your thoughts on starting some a forty k babysitting service for those of us that are parents <laughs> but still want to go to tournaments? <laughs>
1: I've been thinking about this, you know, I've been thinking about this for so long and realistically I did have a fleeting moment where I was like, can I take a baby? Can I wear like one of the baby carriers and take a baby and actually play a game of Warhammer 40k? (laughs) And then I thought of the logistics and how how it wouldn't be fair on my opponent. But uh, yeah, I, I am very excited. Um, I just found out today that we're having a girl um, and she's still gonna get given Warhammer 40k and Age of Sigmar when they're old enough as a little gift, and that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna just pass the miniature legacy on. I think.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I've been trying to get my kids to play my my oldest daughter, who is almost twenty, has she likes the painting because she's very artistic. So she's got she likes the painting, but as, like with most artists, she doesn't have the focus to stay with anything. So she has never learned to play the game. She's painted a couple of AdMac units to an amazing standard, but they sit on the shelf and have more dust on them than the rest of my house. Sadly.
1: Yeah. And,
0: and my, my youngest daughter who's 11, she is, she started a space Wolf's army during lockdown and she, she was painting it. She really painted some of the wolves very nicely, but then she is much more interested in painting the superheroes for uh, Marvel crisis protocol now. So, She's she she too. I have not been able to quite get into 40k. I'm hoping my son, who's 17, almost 18, was well. He just started painting up. Uh, said he wanted to start a Blood Angels army. So I'm like, yes, do this, please join <laughs> me. I need one of my kids to play 40k.
1: Do it, do it. I had a, um, a proud Annie moment the other week. In fact, it was last week, and it was my nephew's birthday and i think he was like 12 and i bought him his very first warhammer kit like with all the little bits and bobs in and i said to his parents i said uh, make sure that he doesn't use the glue without your, <laughs> your supervision um and then apparently the whole all the next day he was like a Building them and couldn't wait to finish building the squad. And uh, he was like, "Send, send Aunt Carrie pictures. Send her, sure." And I just felt so proud because I was like, "That, that's another person starting their very first Warhammer journey and getting excited to build models." And it felt really good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Watching my son start to build his because he wanted a. I started him off with a uh, infiltrator squad, and I got him even some of the three D printed like custom shoulder pads, so he didn't have to worry about transfers because we all know that transfers can suck sometimes. So. <laughs> He, he's sitting across the table from him while he's building them and like reading the instructions and trying to figure out how to build them. It's a really great experience to watch that you are passing the hobby on. So,
1: absolutely new recruits,
0: absolutely new recruits for, for tournaments because we do not want to see you know, LVO is is up to a thousand players. Uh, LGT was almost at 800, I think, this year. So, we got we want to see those numbers hit 1200 and a thousand and you know, in the next couple of years, we want to keep growing this out. So, uh, all right, so um, how much how involved are you in the lore of the game? Do you read a lot of the books? Do you uh, watch all the stuff on Warhammer Plus, any of that? No,
1: I'm going to be honest. No, I, I read my rules. I learn my army list. I kind of know the general gist of lore behind it, but I'm I'm more into the painting and, and the gaming side of things than I am lore. Um, I'm, I'm dyslexic. I find it really difficult to sit down and read books after a while, so it takes me a long time to kind of go through one book so if I went through every single rule book in the Black Library, which I do read a few little bit here and there um yeah. it would be quite it would take me a long time like it would take me a long long time so I've managed to like learn how to learn my rules and the little bits of information that I need to, to back up my army, et cetera, um, in a really clever way where I just kind of digest what I need to know and everything else kind of just gets passed off into the ether a little bit.
0: Right. You just <laughs> get what you can through osmosis and that's good enough?
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, it's I, it's always, you know, there's there's that sort of uh, trifecta of our hobby of there's the, the building and painting side, there's the gaming side, and there's the lore side and everybody sort of leans in different amounts towards each of those three tent poles. And some are more in one, some are more in the other. It's just, everybody just sort of roves around. My wife is all about the gaming a little bit into the hobby cares, not at all for the lore, just <laughs> not at all. She, she just wants to get her models on the table and try to murder as much of my stuff or whoever she's playing against murder their stuff as much as possible. She, she recently is getting a little more into the hobby because now she wants to do this diorama for, with her tyrannids that she just started. So she's slowly working on that one, but it's still, you know, as she always says, choppy, choppy, shooty, shooty. Uh, that's sort of her, that's her, her own orc like war cry.
1: <laughs> she sounds like my kind of woman. I would like to play your wife.
0: <laughs> she's a she lot play? of fun to play against. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So, um, as far as your paintings, I know you said you like bright colors. Is there any, where else do you draw your inspiration for your painting?
1: Oh, um, I absolutely love blending. I, I, I love it. Like if I can blend anything, I will blend it. So, I look, I spend a lot of time on Instagram. Uh, I look at a lot of artists like Darren Latham. Um, oh God, there's so many. So Marcus Saccone, Um oh God, there's just so many. Uh, Neil, who just won The Slayer Sword. Like, they are all phenomenal painters. So I would just spend a lot of time looking at other people and, and their paintwork and, and go from that. Like Craft world. Albert, who's just won. Slayer Sword as well. Um, Neil won it, I think it was Adepticon. Uh, Albert won it at uh, Warhammer Fest last year. Just the paint jobs are superb. Like they're amazing. Like, so I spent a lot of time looking at Instagram, but actually since I attended my very first Golden Demon at the anniversary, it just opened my mind to how insane these artists are. And I get my inspiration from there, but not only the not only like artists on Instagram and miniature painters. Like I generally really like art. I love going to exhibitions. I enjoy going to art galleries and seeing uh, different artwork and pulling in like colors from things that are around me, like the seasons and stuff like that. I really enjoy pulling it from quite realistic things.
0: Okay, so you're you're not you're not uh, some I know some hobbyists like they'll draw their inspiration from. Uh, movies and books and comics and things like that. You just look at the world around you to get your inspiration.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I, I really like. I say I really like bright colors, and I feel like I express myself a lot more in in miniatures because in real life I, I very I kind of wear a lot of dark colors. I always have. I've always been drawn to wearing like blacks, all those darks. Whereas I feel like I've got quite a fun personality, so when it comes to painting on my miniatures, I'll kind of just express that fun personality via the colours that I wouldn't necessarily wear in my everyday life as well.
0: Okay, that's interesting. That's very interesting. It's a it's a it's a departure from your normal personality too.
1: Yeah. I, well, I guess it's just a. Uh not a full departure because I'm always quite, I always said I was quite a creative and outgoing person. It's just, I think I'm more confident with colors on miniatures than I am in person wearing them in clothing.
0: Right. No, I get that. Uh, That makes total sense. All right. Very cool. All right. So last thing I wanted to ask you, um, you posted some photos on your Instagram about a trip to a place called Crowdy hall. It looked (laughs) like a fantastic trip. Tell me about it.
1: Okay. So, I'm going to take you on a journey, all right? I'm going to Go take you on it. a journey <laughs> to, the, to the beginning of this year. And I, I went con Like, I went to salute. A uh, big shout-out salute, if that's okay, because – I was actually given an opportunity to be on a panel when I was there. I was on the Competitive Wargaming panel, which was a mixed panel, the first mixed panel at Salute. I sat right next to Stephen Box, who was amazing, made me feel comfortable. And it gave me a voice. I felt like a voice that I hadn't really had in a long time. Um, and it was amazing. I went to... Uh, UK Games Expo I went to Warhammer Fest like I went to all these massive social events and what I realized when I was at these massive social events is that it was a great opportunity to be around people and it was a great opportunity to like see new gaming systems that I hadn't necessarily played before but what I found is I wasn't really giving myself the opportunity and the time at the beginning of this year to actually sit down and play all of these amazing games that I'd found. So that's when I decided that I was going to start going on Gamecations, which I've dubbed Gamecations, where it's allowing myself to have that time to disconnect a little bit on a weekend and go and play all those amazing games that I saw at these amazing cons that I'd gone to. And that's when Crowdy Hall came in and and the (laughs) Wigwam. These were so wonderful to go to, and they kind of collaborated with me and they wanted to shine a light on disconnecting as well, so we kind of saw eye to eye on both wanting to, to have a like a sanctuary such to go and play games, and, and these were the perfect places for it. So Crowdy Hall was the first one that I did, and it was just like so off the grid, uh, and it was amazing, and it was a it was such a lovely a lovely place to go it was a hard time for me at that time with personal life as well actually at the time and they were just so welcoming it's like come down play play your games do whatever you want to do for a, for a night or two and it was just bliss it was sheer bliss like it was just super relaxing great opportunity to just switch off disconnect and play games and it was so wholesome and that's when I realized like yes gaming is amazing and what you see on Instagram it's great very fast paced and there's cons but you have to allow yourself this time to switch off and disconnect every now and again it's really important to have that balance and I found that in everything that I do like I go to tournaments to switch off like to from my uh, everyday day-to-day life you know like from from work and stuff and I just think it's so important to allow yourself time for yourself and to, to do things that you enjoy doing like playing 40k or playing board games uh so yeah I'm, I'm definitely gonna do more of them I think in the future because they were great they were absolutely fantastic I think people should do more of it
0: that's awesome so who who went with you on these? Cause I love, and I love the term gamecation. I'm going to, I'm going to absolutely uh, start promoting that. Um, so who went with you, your husband and anybody else or it was just the two of you?
1: Uh, it was just my partner, um, Ginger Chaos on Instagram. So he is like, my, he's my partner in crime. He plays Warhammer 40K as well. So when we go to tournaments and cons, he comes with me and uh, we go to staycations and we, we play games for the weekend and we have a little dog. Sometimes we take the pooch with us and, yeah, we've got this, like, really close-knit kind of lifestyle, I guess, where we, we enjoy playing games and and we respect each other's um, needs and wants to, to be able to do what we, we want to do individually as well as together. And we found that the Crowdy Hall thing was, was just such a lovely thing to do, to connect with each other as well as disconnect from the rest of the world while playing games. I mean, we got games out, like monopoly that we'd never played for years and it was so retro but really fun and yeah we played um like the little tinderbox game that we picked up at uk games expo and yeah just really gave ourselves that time to to enjoy things at a slower pace it was nice
0: that's awesome very cool all right um that's all i got for you did there anything else you want to uh, let everybody know about you or um, anything else you want to share
1: yeah, no. I, I just wanted to say thank you for for letting me come on and and share like all the information about what I've what I've been working on over the last year. If anybody just follow me, thank you so much for following because um, you guys are amazing and comment all the time on everything that I do, like the game and the cons, and follow me on the, all the charity work that I do. So thank you.
0: Oh, that's right. I forgot to ask you about your twenty four hours, uh, your 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 twenty four hour uh, suicide binge. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> effort on YouTube. How'd that go?
1: Yeah, that went really well. um We wrote, uh, we raised over, I think it was two thousand five hundred pounds for the mental health charity this year. It was absolute killer. I just found out I was pregnant, and it was hard. <laughs> same, same with London. Like, oh my god, playing five games of Warhammer forty k when you are pregnant and trying not to be sick everywhere. That was an interesting experience.
0: <laughs> oh, but, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you just have to like put the clock over, just say, you know, and it's your turn, but I'm going to put the clock over to me. I have to go vomit real quick.
1: <laughs> I was very strategic. I took Nit's Monster Mash and not many models. So I knew that movement phase would be really quick. So oh,
2: okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it was fine. But yeah, the Charity Week, everybody who tuned in and donated and sponsored us for that and, and they've done it year, year after year. So thank you. And, and all sponsors like Vanguard Tactics who have supported us all the way through it every year, year and time and time again. So thank you.
0: Awesome. Well, that is it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for giving us your time and your attention as always. Uh, another huge thank you to Carrie Liddell for taking time out of her weekend to talk with me. Uh, I hope this change from reviewing codexes and indexes constantly was a welcome break from the norm. Uh, Steve should be back in the next episode. He's actually about to fly out here to Georgia to attend the GW world championships, uh, in Atlanta. So he's actually going to be crashing at my place for a week. Uh, so that should give us some time to hopefully, um, I know he he and I had talked about sitting down and doing a whole episode about his preparations for this world championship, So that should be the next episode. But as you guys have known, learned by now, sometimes my plans don't always work out. So anyway, however, this works out however, whatever the next episode is, I I, uh, look forward to uh, talking to you guys some more. And as always, um, look forward to all of your feedback on the competitive 40K uh, Facebook page and on Instagram. Uh, and your reviews that you uh, leave, which I know I need to get back to reading out, but there's been some interesting ones. So anyway, all that to come. Until then, this is Dave Callmell for Carrie Liddell and for Vanguard Tactics saying, as always, should you or any of your IM force be caught or killed, the Secretary will disavow any knowledge of your actions. This podcast will self-destruct in 10 seconds.